Today's episode of The Movies That Made Her But Not Me is sponsored by FilmCred. Providing new film critics and writers in-depth feedback on their writing, FilmCred is made up of a community of collaborators dedicated to publishing insightful reviews, interviews, video essays, and coverage of film festivals. Visit film-cred.com to learn more. I'm Minna Stein. And I am Lauren Lloyd, and you are listening to the movies that made her, but not me. The podcast where we talk about films from different generational perspectives. The movie that we're talking about today is the 2023 instant classic, Barbie. Can I come to your house today? Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. You can find me under the lights, diamonds under my eyes. It's the best day ever. It is the best day ever. So is yesterday, and so is tomorrow, and every day from now until forever. You guys ever think about dying? The movie is Barbie. Inspired by the doll, Barbie tells the story of a Barbie doll living with all of her Barbie and Ken friends in Barbie land. Everything there is perfect. Women run everything, they have all the high-powered jobs, and Kens are just there to do their jobs, like beach, for example. One day, things start to go wrong, and to make her life go back to being perfect, Barbie must travel to the real world, find her owner, and fix her problems. Unfortunately, when Ken decides to go with Barbie, he discovers the patriarchy in the real world and brings it back to Barbie land. It's a movie about feminism and finding peace with each other and empowerment in yourself. The year is 2023. As movie theater goers sit down to watch the Barbie movie, they also are heading across the theater to go see Oppenheimer for one of the craziest marketing stunts in movie history, Barbenheimer, where Barbie and Oppenheimer came out around the same time and fans were clamoring to get into the theater to not only see Barbie, but to also see Oppenheimer. New York City appoints its first ever rat czar to become the city's first ever director of rat mitigation. Everything Everywhere All at Once wins Best Picture at the Oscars, Volcanoes Erupt in Russia, and Finland officially joins NATO. I was very excited to not only see Barbie, but to also see Oppenheimer. Lauren, I know you are also excited to see Barbie and Oppenheimer and have a Barbenheimer moment, but how about you tell us about the first time that you saw Barbie? Okay, it was the first and only time I've seen Barbie. Um... I was super excited to see it because I thought the marketing was so great. Um, I did not wear pink. Uh, I got a very large popcorn because I was anticipating a lot of fun. And it was the whole theater was filled with pink girls and pink dads and pink moms. And and I have mixed feelings about it because I love the world. I was transported by the magic of the world. And I loved that iconic flat feet. I thought that was brilliant. You know, and thinking about dying. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like that. I thought the plot was ludicrous, but that's okay. I thought it was really fun, very well made. Um, what I didn't expect, and it kind of, I kind of lost interest, was um, 
it was like kind of the the progressive politics and the basic feminism told in a really funny way. I thought the men were inspired, but I it seemed so heavily steeped in that that I I lost interest a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought that um, I thought she Greta did a fantastic job. She worked on so many different levels. I don't I don't really know how she did it. I mean, it's a huge accomplishment. Um, she really gave Barbie a new a new life. You know, I mean, it's now the you know it's a movie about a doll has triggered her culture war. It's so interesting to see how that how people are reacting um, to this. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I I love the the social and the gender stereotypes. The mother and daughter. I thought that America Ferrara's speech about. Um, just being a woman was um, exasperating and very true and left you kind of hanging because we're all left kind of hanging. Um, what else did I love about it? I thought um, Ken stole the show. I thought he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought yeah, I agree. that he, you know, I mean, he's the marginalized character and, and we love him, you know, because <laughs> he's so good in it. Mm-hmm. Um I thought that uh, the, him doing beach and there was no water and no beach to really do um, was very sweet. I loved the ending also that Barbie made a choice to like uh, choose what she wanted to be and what she wanted to do. Um, yeah, I want to yeah. dig into the, the the ending. We'll talk about that later, but I, I have a lot of questions about the ending. So I'm glad that you yeah. were inspired by it because I kind of was left questioning more than I was inspired by the ending, I think. Well, I, I thought it was such a wild way. Now, I mean, when I was watching it, I was like, hey, what the, what is this? She's going into a real world. I get that. It's lovely. All right. Um, and then we see Ruth Handler and we get to see who she is, which kind of puts it all in a whole different perspective. Do you know, mm-hmm. kind of gave you a nostalgic feeling. First of all, I thought, oh, wait, they don't know how to end the movie. What's happening here? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that's what it was. I think it was, you know, as she said, accepting everything about yourself. Um, yeah, I, but it did throw me. I just have really mixed feelings because this entertainment, I liked a lot of it. Acting, loved it. The dimension, the the levels that Greta was working on were masterful. I mean, she's now made, you know, Barbie like kind of like the iconic doll of social commentary now. Do you know, it's mm-hmm. she really, it's really a sharp commentary. But it could be because of my age, let's say, that I I understand the basic like feminism here and I I kind of love the idea and so I was a little bit bored by that Mm -hmm. Um, it feels like Barbie was kind of made more for grown-ups than kids even though it really worked on a kid's level Mm -hmm. I mean um, yeah I guess I didn't expect such a heavy message coming from Barbie Mm -hmm. you know Um, but I do feel that it wasn't like this whole anti-man thing I just started reading about like I think it was it Pierce Morgan that was like if we had made a movie like that, uh, you know, with men, you know, we would be crucified. But all the, almost all the movies before this were about what he's talking about. We'll get into it, but I think those people completely misunderstood the point of the movie because the point isn't really like men should be in power or women should be in power. No. It's like we should be it's- empowering each other and we should all feel confident in who we are. 
and we should all have like the space and the support from our community to be the best versions of ourselves you know like it's just barbie and it's just ken it's not barbie and ken yes i felt like that was the message of the movie was that it's just barbie and it's just ken like we should be empowering ourselves no matter who we are so those people completely misunderstood the point of the movie in my opinion he also had a great song i mean he had the best song in there like great song enough is ken enough and at the end he's like yeah i'm I'm just Ken. I, I can't remember what he says in the song, but it's like, yeah, he's choosing to be himself. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot going on in this movie. I think that it's yes. a movie that should be watched more than once. I'm going to go see it again. I think I, I'm looking forward to seeing it again because I think I'm going to get more out of it the second time than I yeah. will than I got out of it the first time just because there's like a lot of things going on. There's a lot of things at play. There's a lot of metaphors. There's a lot of layers. Like it was... A surprisingly deep and layered movie. I had some critiques, but I also overall just really liked it, really was moved by it. Um, I thought it was so fun. I thought the world that they built was just fantastic. All of the effects were practical. They realized that, like, the actual toy Barbies, the world, like, all the Barbie dream house, the cars, everything are 23% smaller than the dolls themselves. So they were like, okay, the set has to be 23% smaller than we normally would make it. So, so just like the attention to detail, just like everything about it, I thought um, was really, really well done. I, I think, so for the first half of the movie, I was like, I'm in, I'm on board, I'm supporting this. Then, towards the second half of the movie, which is where they leave Barbie land, they go to the real world, um, it sort of started to get a little jumbled there. I wouldn't say necessarily that it was bad or it was lost. I just think that it wasn't very cut and dry. And that's okay, right? Like, there's lots of movies where you should see them multiple times to totally understand them. But I felt... I felt personally like the f- what was very clear to me was that they spent the first half of the movie setting up that in Barbie land, everything is the opposite. Women are in charge. Women hold all the positions of leadership. Um, women run everything. And men are subservient. They exist to serve the women. They work in the jobs below women blah 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 is just like gender stereotypes but their roles are reversed Mm -hmm. i was like okay i'm on board this is very funny like there were lots of cute little you know things that you watch it and as a woman you're like oh haha i get this is funny because this would never happen outside of barbie land i've had this experience but it did not go this way Mm -hmm. then i felt like they kind of spent the second half of the movie at times just pointing to the first half of the movie and being like did you get it we did the opposite did you get it we did the opposite it's funny because it was the opposite and i was like no i saw it like i've i i I, so my issue wasn't so much the message which i was totally on board with i kind of wish that there had been like okay so we we things are the opposite we get to the message is the climax and then it just kind of fell from there i wished that there had been like maybe I don't know. I, I I struggle to figure out what I'm what my critique is because I think when I was watching promotion, 
the movie seemed to be so, it was like, oh, it's so out there. It's otherworldly. We've never seen anything like this before. I thought it was going to be like experimental and crazy and just like blow my mind. Like it was just so metaphorical and like experimental. Mm -hmm. And it kind of Mm -hmm. wasn't those things. Like you said, it was very feminism 101, very intro feminism. Um, And that's okay because of a few things. One, some people need intro feminism. Yeah. Some people need I mean, that. I, yes, I agree. And I think that the fact that she put it in a Barbie movie, you know, a toy that's going through a dramatic existential crisis, mm-hmm. um, I thought it was, it's pretty brilliant. It just, yeah. Well, you know, I guess I was surprised that a, a bunch of kids left, like in, in the time frame that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think it was uh, maybe too grown up for the kids that were there, some of the kids. Well, I also... Oh, yeah. At AMC, I ran into three teenage girls in the bathroom, and they were saying to each other that they thought the movie was a total waste of money, and they didn't like it at all, hmm. and it just, like, huh. was not for them, and I was so shocked by that, but I how, think how that... Old? Teenagers, like, like uh, how old? They were, like, maybe in late middle school, early high school. Huh. I think huh. because... Okay, and this is why I think that is. This is my theory. And it has to do with the intro feminism uh, gist of the movie. I think that the reason that the feminism is so basic is because Barbie represents us as girls when we are young and we are innocent and we are not tarnished by any of the gender stereotypes that are out there, right? We think, mm-hmm. oh, we can be an astronaut if we want to. Oh, we can be the president of the United States. We can do all these things. Yeah. And sure. when and when America gives that the speech, when she gives the speech where she says, you know, women have to be, you know, loud in the life of the party, but they can't be too loud because then they're annoying and blah, blah, you know, just like saying all of the double standards and the contradictions that women have to jump through the hoops of life. Um, to us as an audience, as adults, it was like, yeah, we know. Like, I, I live this life. Yeah, I know. But the point in the movie, I think, exactly. is the speech is not for us. It's yeah. for Barbie. Because she's kind of going through this, like, puberty phase in that moment, right? She's leaving her innocence of childhood and she's moving into the realities of the gender stereotypes of the real world and the way that she has to be now. And I... I think that we're supposed to identify ourselves, our younger selves, as Barbie and think, didn't that suck when we became tarnished that way as well? Mm-hmm, Instead mm-hmm. of like, oh, yeah, I already know these things now in that moment. You're supposed to be thinking about when you learned those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's certainly well said. Yes. Yeah. And I think so, that if you're too young, you might not. That message gets lost on you a little bit. Well, I agree with that, but why, if, if, if we go back to the kids you saw in the bathroom, why doesn't the rest of it appeal to them? You know, I mean, I know the kids don't play with dolls as much as they certainly used to, but like, why would it be a complete waste of time? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. For these kids to be seeing it. Uh, because I understand that they're just like, you know, they believe they're aware of what it's like, you know? Mm-hmm. Um 
but I wonder why they didn't, you know, it didn't appeal to just that world because it's pretty magical. It was so magical. I was really transported into the world of Barbie Land. I was so on board with the movie in the first half of it. I just thought everything was so just fantastical. And I loved how they did like the Nobel Prizes and they like give the awards to the different Barbies. And Barbie's like, thanks, I worked really hard. You know, it it was just so it was so sweet because like, you know, you're always supposed to be diminishing your accomplishments and you're, you know, always supposed to be these things. And like these Barbies didn't feel that way. They were like, you know, I did earn this. Thank you. I worked really hard. So I deserve it. Thank you. What about that gorgeous moment when Barbie's in the real world and she's sitting on the bus stop, you know, and it's it's uh, Anne Roth, right, who Mm -hmm. um, the customer she says you're the woman she's like 90 Mm -hmm. and barbie says you're beautiful and she goes i know yeah i love that moment uh greta fought really hard for that to be in the movie um Mm -hmm. execs were like that's super random i don't understand why that's in here Get, uh, get rid of it doesn't make any sense and she fought super hard to leave that moment in the movie and i totally think she was right i think it was a really beautiful moment where it was like a glimpse of how Barbie land does kind of exist sometimes in the real world, especially with like older women who have been through it and know like it's like, it's like something you have to go through, but it's also like not serving, you know, anyone. So this older woman is like, yeah, I've been you. I've been crying on this bench because of my treatment and because of the weight of the world. But like, now that I'm older, now that I'm wiser, I can be like, it, none of that matters. Like, you're right. I am beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. You know, the, the fact that she would think she's beautiful mm-hmm. and she is, but you know, older women are, we're, they have no value. Yeah. So. And it was, it was moving also to see an older woman, like you just said, like mm-hmm. acknowledge that she is beautiful, especially in a movie where it's like, if you're over 40, <laughs> you'll never work again. You're ugly. Yeah. You're too old. Yeah. Go get work done. All of these things. Like this older woman who's just like, you know, she is beautiful. She looks old and she's just owning it. And like that was really empowering to see in a movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really love that moment. That was mm-hmm. great. I also like the moments where uh, Ken was trying to get those jobs in the <laughs> real world. Like, well, I'm a man. I just thought, I just thought it was really... Um, deep i thought they really worked hard on on this movie yeah Do you know what i mean that they really thought about and it was brave they really thought about you know what they want to say i just thought it was really clever mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i like i like it that, they, that they're that they were choosing like humanity over matriarchy or patriarchy i didn't i didn't feel any of that like oh it's anti-men i thought it was showing a world and then um and then switching it and then switching it back and and they you know they're all kind of fine with the way they with with choosing you Mm -hmm. know yeah i i also liked that it wasn't about like male empowerment or female empowerment it was just about empowerment and feeling comfortable in yourself and it was such a i mean obviously this could be argued because there are parts of it where they're like doing the patriarchy air quotes in barbie land and, you know, Ken discovers that he can use the patriarchy to his advantage. But I also thought it was, like, a really beautiful um, example of, like, non-toxic masculinity and, like, healthy 
like mm-hmm. male representations in films and like also empowered women representation in film and I thought that was really beautiful to see as well and like obviously Ken was trying to be somebody that he wasn't but yeah 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 but that wasn't yeah. him uh, yeah I thought it just showed a, a positive future between men and women mm-hmm I agree yeah. how did you feel about when um when the patriarchy is brought by Ken from the real world back to Barbie land, that all Ken had to do to implement the patriarchy was tell Barbies about it, and they crumbled. I feel, On the one hand, I feel like, don't think too hard about it, like it's just a movie. But on the other hand, I was like, really? That's it? Like, all he had to do was say, I'm doing patriarchy now, and all the Barbies are dressed like waitresses? Like, it was that easy? I guess I thought there was a, a you know, a, a time frame that it all took place in. I, did, I didn't really think of that. Yeah, I mean, it's ludicrous. That, I, I didn't know if it was like back. a Stepford Wives situation. They were being brainwashed or what, but I was like, seemed pretty easy. I mean, that's not a really good look for women. Like, the most empowered <laughs> women in the whole universe, all Ken had to do was say, I'm doing patriarchy now. And they were like, oh, finally, I get to quit my job. Like, the president, yeah, what wish. does Issa Rae say? She's like, oh, the, being the president was such hard. Like, I didn't want to do it anymore anyways. What? <laughs> yeah, I didn't um, I didn't get stuck uh, on that. You know, I just thought it would, have, it would have had to have been a very long movie if we would have spent more time in, <laughs> you know, the downfall of matriarchy because it was, you know, ridiculous. He's doing a mojo, hojo. Casa house. <laughs> Fabulous. I also thought it was so sweet when he said that he thought patriarchy was going to be more about horses. Oh, my gosh. Please, let's talk about the horses. Okay. That was maybe one of the funniest jokes I've ever heard in my entire life. I would have never thought that before. But Greta Gerwig is 100% right. So she said that the reason why Ken is so obsessed with horses is because if you were an alien who came to the world, you might think that horses, you might be mistaken and think that horses run the world because every statue of a powerful man is on top of a horse. Okay, see, that's fucking thoughtful and brilliant. (laughs) And so Ken is confused and thinks that maybe the horses are running things. (laughs) Yeah, I did not. That's very clever. Isn't that? I mean, that was just genius to me because she's so right. I mean, they are always on a horse. It would be confusing if you're like, oh, yeah, this is our leader. It's like, is it the horse or is it the guy on top of the horse? Like, I don't know. (laughs) That is so great. Just, it's just so thoughtful. It's just such a thoughtful movie. Such attention to detail. But I also thought the horse thing was interesting, you know, about the aliens coming to the Earth and thinking that things are about horses and not about the humans. Because Barbie and Ken kind of are are the aliens, you know? Like, they're coming to the world for the first time. They're mm-hmm. experiencing all of these things. I mean... They're they're aliens, but they're also kind of just like human children, you know? They're like just experiencing the realities of adulthood and like social and gender politics for the first time and sort of seeing how hard those things can be 
and how difficult it is to navigate. I mean, that's why Barbie is having an existential crisis because she's like, this is just so against everything, quote unquote, that I was taught when I was being raised, you know? Like, if you think of her like a little girl, it's like, yeah, I mean, you can be raised to think like, you know, you should be the president of the United States. You should do this. You should be this way. You should punch someone when they slap you on the butt. Like, you know, and... And that's just, like, not the reality. Like, you'll end up in jail like Barbie does, you know? And, mm-hmm. like, those things are very hard to deal with. And it's kind of, like, I I think in a way both Barbie and Ken kind of represent, like, two sides of girlhood. Mm-hmm. It's, like, Barbie is this very empowered young girl who is seeing for the first time that you know, that's not how it's always going to be and she has to learn how to play the game. And Mm -hmm. Ken is kind of this girl who is seeing from a very young age that, like, the boys are going to be, like, upheld, you know? Like, oh, you know, I mean, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's like, okay, since Barbie is the empowered group, like, Ken is seeing, oh, the empowered group will always get first dibs. The empowered Uh group will always hold the position. I'll always be pushed to the side. The Uh empowered group will always, you know, be chosen Uh over me. And I'm going to have to work twice as hard to achieve the same kinds of goals as Barbie does. And so it's kind of like two sides of girlhood. And like both of these things are existing at the same time in Barbie land, which is really, in my opinion, just childhood. And, and then teenhood, and then and then young girls becoming women. Exactly. Is that, is that the Ken phase? That I mean, female growth. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, and I think that's especially becomes clear towards the end of the movie when they're like, "Can we be on the Supreme Court?" And Issa Rae, the president, is like, "No, but you can have like a c- circuit court judge spot if you want." You know, like, oh, you know, we're embracing feminism. But not really, because, I mean, we'll say we embrace feminism, but, like, we're not going to make a woman the CEO. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. We'll just let a woman be, like, on, um, you know, we'll, we'll just hire, like, two women and it'll be fine. You know, I mean, so I know it's, like, men and women and there's, like, this men and women storyline going on. But I also think because the Kens in the movie are... Uh, the like secondary group they're not like the majority they're the minority group in the movie they are a kind of representative of women as well because they're kind of having a woman's experience even though oh, they're men absolutely. yes so to me they're like two yes. two sides of the same coin which is girlhood mm-hmm. do you think that's what makes the men so angry now um again showing ken in that light of kind of a stage of womanhood probably i mean Mm -hmm. i think that if you're living like a hyper masculine life you probably wouldn't be too happy to see uh, a man representing the hardships of growing up as a girl Mm -hmm. but i think that it's very beautiful because it not only shows what girlhood is like it also puts it into the perspective of somebody who otherwise wouldn't understand it you know like i don't think that a little boy would understand what it's like to grow up as a little girl obviously because that's not their lived experience but in the movie since the gender roles are switched ken is experiencing that and then he comes to the real world and like gets radicalized by what adulthood in the real world is like 
and um yeah has to learn has to learn how to balance the two which is uh-huh. tricky you know, we should see the movie again and then talk again about it. We definitely should. I mean, it's very much like Ken is experiencing like first wave feminism or like second wave feminism, you know? He's like doing consciousness raising groups with other Kens and like <laughs> experience and like learning for the first time that they have an identity, you know, like outside of their relationship with their wives, you know? Yes. Yeah, like yeah, I should yeah. have a job. I should be able to take care of myself. It's like it was like very like stages of feminine. I felt like even though a lot of people are talking about how it's men and women, it's like men learning this and men learning that and the patriarchy. I was like, I feel like everybody in this movie is a woman, even the men. Mm-hmm. 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 Very clever. Yeah. yeah. Something that was crossing my mind was like, felt like the movie was really leaning into second wave feminism and kind of lacking in like this push for intersectionality that's in modern feminism. You know, there's very much this idea now when talking about feminism of like, yes, women are paid less than men, but women of color are paid even less than white women. And yes, white women had to do all of this work to get where we are now, but women of color played a huge role in that and get very little credit. So there's kind of this idea that it's hard for all women, but it's even harder for women of color. And women of color do all of these things and do all of this grunt work and don't get any credit for it when white women do. And when I was watching the movie and I was seeing America give this speech about how hard things are for women... I was just kind of watching it and thinking like, wow, there's sort of a tone deafness here, I feel like, where they're playing right into the trope of like, white women need women of color to tell them that things are bad. Like they need women of color to do the work and make the difference and come up with the plan for them to get things done. And, you know, it it was touched on a tiny bit when America's daughter says, like, yes, let's go, white savior Barbie to Margot Robbie. And Margot Robbie said that. Yeah. And Margot Robbie goes, oh, it wasn't my idea. It was your mom's. Like, she gives she gives the credit, you know, she's like, well, it wasn't my idea. It was her idea. I shouldn't be taking the credit for it because it wasn't my plan. But then the movie's called Barbie and not Gloria, like America's character's name. So it centers around the white woman. And obviously I know that's because the movie is about a toy that's called Barbie and not about a mother and her daughter. But at the same time, it just shows how even though America's character, Gloria, is the real hero of the movie, it centers the white woman as the hero of that story. You know, it, Barbie was, the movie was awfully white, you know, mm-hmm. and awfully, you know, there were really people that were physically challenged or peak. I mean, there was trans, there was uh, some, you know, different ethnicities, but it was pretty much like it's the savior white Barbie. So I'm glad they did address that. Mm-hmm. Um, On the one and, hand, uh, I under, I kind of understand why they did that, though, because like if you're making a movie about Barbie, it has to be it has to be the Barbie that everybody thinks of, you know, at least in my opinion, if it's like the Barbie movie, like they went with, and they even called it stereotypical Barbie. Like that's the Barbie that everyone thinks of. That's the Barbie that has to be the star of the movie. So I appreciated that they casted, you know, like a variety of 
women. Um, they casted women of color to play the mother and daughter storyline, but it did just feel like it was perpetuating that, like, the women of color, like, they have to do the work, and, like, the white woman just cries, and then the woman of color fixes everything for her. And I was like, I understand what you're doing, like, in a woman's sense, but on, like, a micro level, in a uh in an intersectional sense it's really just playing into the tropes that i think a lot of modern feminists are trying to acknowledge and trying to uh break out of you know i guess so i i I guess i'm just kind of still stunned that feminism is a word in our vocabulary Mm -hmm. you know i mean it's just like you know we just want equality you know yeah Um, it wasn't really a story of teamwork so much as it was a story of barbie very much ready to give up and you know you could say okay well it's because barbie is supposed to be a child right that's kind of was my whole thinking was that like barbie and ken were children you could be like okay well they're kind of children and america is the mom and so she's taking like a more maternal role but when the movie is like supposed to be about feminism you know not about motherhood it kind of struck me as like, oh, well, they're playing into like a very clear trope here that I think the movement yeah. is trying to move away from. I have to say that I appreciated it, even though I didn't think it was enough. At least there was a nod at that direction. Right. I love that um, Coretta made a really commercial, huge hit. You mm-hmm. know, it's going to be the biggest hit of any, you know, female directed movie. Well, that's you know, like... That's kind of something else that I wanted to talk about. It's just like the mega blockbuster dumb of this movie and how like this is like probably the last movie that I would expect would be this huge. Yeah. Considering yeah. the topics and the subject matter. It just doesn't and really make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm wondering why you think that is. Well, there was a magnificent marketing campaign also. Yeah. Um well, the whole thing is interesting. I, I don't know that much about the, how it all got put together, but the whole idea of, of Mattel saying, yeah, we're going to go down this road with this kind of a story is pretty magnificent to begin with. I know that uh, Amy Pascal had been trying to make the Barbie movie for a long time, um, and I think it took something as radical as this point of view to you know really make it fly. Um, well, um, Amy Schumer was originally attached to the project, but... They had creative differences. I think Amy Schumer was making fun of Barbie, and that's not really the direction that Mattel wanted to go in. They wanted to be more self-deprecating. And Greta Gerwig took it in a direction where it was very aware of itself and its pitfalls and everything, but also, like, empowered and um, Mm pro-Barbie was maybe like a better balance of selling Barbies and being in a movie that people will enjoy, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. The marketing was really, really interesting for the film. Like some of the craziest marketing I've ever seen. So the marketing budget was over um, $100 million. And they did over 100 different brand collaborations which i think is one of the things that made it so successful um because like everything is hot pink everybody's dressing in pink it's barbie this barbie that like every store has barbie when you search barbie up on google like there's pink confetti that flies all over the screen i saw that yeah so (laughs) i mean they really it's just super 
thoughtful. Yeah, and it's something that I read while I was doing research for this movie and seeing, like, why is Barbie so successful? Something that I read was the best marketing is when you're not doing your own marketing. It's when other people are doing it for you. Mm-hmm. And that's what they were doing with all these brand deals by lending their pink color and their Barbie logo to everyone. They were starting, like, organic conversations. And I think that's one of the things that made it so huge is that, like, everybody was talking about Barbie. Even before we really knew what it was about, you know? It was, like, everything was hot yeah. pink. I was, like, couldn't tell you one thing about the movie. Haven't seen a trailer. But I know yeah. that this is going to be the movie of of the century. Like, we yeah. all are so excited to go see it. We don't even know anything about it. Yes. Yeah. And and really good actors, too. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, I thought, was, I mean, Ryan Gosling as Ken is... And he's such a good actor. And Margot Robbie's such a good actor. Well, and they also found actors who are super committed to not only their roles, but to also promoting it, you know? Like, they've got Ryan Gosling out there who's, like, being real-life Ken, you know? And wearing, like, a Barbie necklace and, like, you know, all this stuff. And being super supportive and just being, like, a very, like, gentle, approachable man on press tours and stuff. And then you've got Margot Robbie touching into the nostalgia for Barbie, wearing all of these old Barbie outfits on the red carpet. Like, she had all these Barbie dresses and outfits that were on the dolls recreated for her for red carpets. So she would show up on the red carpet. Oh, I didn't know that. That's, that. I didn't know that. That's very cool. Yeah, it was awesome. You should look up pictures. It was like every opening they went to, every red carpet they went to, she would go as like, you know, beach Barbie or, you know, sing, singer Barbie or whatever the Barbie was, she had all these outfits recreated so that she could uh-huh. dress as Barbie for every press tour. And it was like the hair, the jewelry, the outfit, the accessories, like everything was exactly like the doll. Oh, so fabulous. I just think that like the way that everybody was really on board for selling the movie as well. It's like mm-hmm. not just being in it, not just passionate about the roles that they were playing, but they were also really excited to sell the movie. And maybe that was because they were like, hey, we've got this really tricky topic. We all have to be together on selling it. Like, we have to push it out there because otherwise no one's going to see it. I don't know. Well, they did. I mean, they did it. Mm -hmm. It's Well, everybody, you know, just believed in the movie. You could just tell. Yeah, they did really believe in it. it. And then the teaser trailer also, the first trailer that came out was the opening of the movie which was a recreation of 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Yes. Yes. So it was 2001 A Space Odyssey <laughs> with Barbie. It's just awesome. It, it's just crazy. And that also tapped into nostalgia and got people talking. And so I think the way that they slowly, slowly revealed what the movie was about made people warm up to the topic. Mm-hmm. More than if they had run out of the gates, like, this is a movie about women and feminism and how men suck, which is, you know, kind of an oversimplification of what the movie is about. But I think that if they had come out of the gates with that, instead of this, like, very sneaky thing that they did where they were like, well, maybe it's 2001 A Space Odyssey? Men like that movie? That's, like, as boy as it gets. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was great. And that little blonde girl's face in the... (laughs) movie and the yeah it was fabulous yeah so lauren 
I wanted to talk to you because Greta Gerwig is not the only person that I know who's made a movie about a doll. I wanted to talk to you about G.I. Jane and the work that you did on G.I. Jane and how you turned a movie and how you turned a doll into a feminist movie icon. And obviously there's a lot of things that are different between Barbie and G.I. Jane, but I think that the thing that's similar between them is they're both lady dolls who are being used in a movie to send a feminist message. One is way more overt than the other one. G.I. Jane is not an overt message about feminism. However, by setting a woman in a man's world, it is sending a message about feminism. And so I'm wondering if you can talk to that idea of wanting to put a woman in a man's world and show audiences this subliminal feminist message of a woman existing and kicking butt and doing incredible things in a man's a man's world I remember getting a script uh, i remember the woman who wrote the script i know that i wanted uh you know um ridley scott to direct it and i knew he wanted to work with demi Moore, and so i put them in a room together and uh, you know that was it and with david tuey to write it yeah i mean those movies were not easy at in to, to make you know a female lead in a kind of a masculine world um I remember when Rennie Harlan did uh, Gina Davis. I, I can't remember that movie where she played a, um, I guess like a mercenary and how it failed. And it, w- it was just a really hard, um, very hard to get those movies made at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, just because the belief in the studio system was that women couldn't open a movie or, you know, that they, it wasn't a good financial Uh, move to make to put a woman in the lead like that well i think this movie shows like a hyper feminine woman in a man's world was it easier back then to make a movie about a woman who's hyper masculine in a man's world as opposed to like a woman who just like really owns her femininity maneuvering in a man's world well then that would be a chick flip right Mm -hmm. well they would have called that meaning um it would be a lower budget movie, um, you know, that could uh, hold up in a limited audience. Because the idea at that time when I was making these movies was that men will not go to a movie with a female lead. And mm-hmm. that's what I, you know, was hammered into me as a studio executive and as a, a young producer. Um, and most of my movies, you know, had a female lead you know that's what I was interested in so um but but I got a lot of the right elements to be able to make G.I. Jane at that time you know um like what well Ridley Scott that was that was important Demi Moore that was she was an important piece were you watching this movie or now reflecting on this movie and thinking like wow I wish we could have done something like this back then or it would have been easier to make that movie now or how do you feel about that Um, to see this to see this movie is a delight do you know what I mean to see Mm -hmm. where things have come to see that you know the most famous 
female like iconic thing in the world barbie you know um is a number one movie you know i mean Mm -hmm. it's just so bold and it was just uh i mean things have changed so much since i made gi jane Mm -hmm. you know we I, it, it, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, yeah, I can't. I can barely even go there. It's just <laughs> a completely different world. Mm-hmm. Each each movie was such a hard fight, you know, to get made. Mm-hmm. Um, now I just think that, I, that that's why I think I responded to Barbie in such a a positive way because it's really groundbreaking in so many, in just so many ways, and it's such a well made movie. And if there's so much to chew on, it's really a work of art yeah it really is i mean it's going to be talked about there's going to be you know classes at harvard taught about barbie definitely it's it's this is really has got some deep roots to it definitely so i appreciate that too thank you for listening to this week's episode of the movies that made her but not me Thank you to Antonio Ortiz for composing our theme and all other music on this podcast. Be sure to follow us at Movies Made Her on Instagram and Twitter to stay up to date on episode releases, the movies we'll be covering, and all things podcast related.